Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper. It's great to have you join us. And uh, yes, I'm back off holiday. And didn't Beck do a great job coping on her own for those two weeks? So uh, we're going to carry on with our look at telling a better story and look at the passage that was uh, talked about on Sunday. Uh, and we had the kind of guest preacher. He's not preached at Christchurch before, but he's a member of Christchurch. And uh, it was your husband, Justin. It was. So why did you tell everyone? What, what did he speak about? So uh, Justin kicked off the next little section of our wider sermon series, um, looking at some of the stumbling blocks, some of the things that when we start up conversations with people about Jesus um, might might be the, the difficulties that we need to help them to overcome. Uh, and this week we were talking about scripture and about some of the things in the Bible that people find really challenging, that, that are some of the things that maybe stop them from taking a step of faith or wanting to engage in a conversation about faith Um, and so Justin looked at um, the evidence for um, the authority of scripture being in the bible itself and he talked about the some of the things that people perceive to be inconsistent in the bible and the violence that we see in particularly in the old testament and how science and scripture work together and how people struggle with some of the things in for example a creation narrative with what we know from science Um, and then also just that it's so historical that some you know some of the oldest parts of the old testament are thousands of years old how can it be relevant to us today and these beliefs of people from thousands of years ago so um he helped us to engage with some of those questions and think about how we might begin to answer them Um, and we're going to look at the passage that um, that he spoke about as well today I would encourage you to to watch it over and to uh, hear what Justin says about each of those five things. Um, And we're going to look at the passage now, which is 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 17. We would love you to pause the video, uh, read the passage, maybe in a couple of different versions, and then restart. So uh, we're going to go through it, um, and we're going to kind of look at two verses at a time, aren't we? So uh, we're going to start off with verse 10, obviously, because that's the beginning of the passage. Uh, So, Beth, why don't you start? What do you see here in verse 10? Um, So this is a close um, relationship that these guys have been having. Paul's writing to Timothy, who he's known since he was young, uh, who's been following him, who he's taught and invested in. And he's saying to him... um, you know this stuff you've Mm. been taught it um and so we've been talking a lot about um journeying with people and that's something we see modeled in this passage that that paul's journeyed with timothy and he's got the sort of relational foundations to be able to say some things to him and i was really encouraged by that that that's Mm. something that we've been thinking about as well that that building those relationships that are building foundations for people's forward journey that's right and you know paul does journey with timothy quite a bit and uh, and not just kind of actually a physical journey but you know throughout time and he paul clearly knows timothy's family and all that kind of stuff uh, because he names them chapter one of this book uh, so there is a, a long history here of, of a relationship in which timothy seems to be quite timid in which paul is building him up and encouraging him into his into church leadership uh, verse 10 starts off with um, a kind of contrast that says uh, you or but you, uh, which kind of indicates that there's a change here. And if you look at the previous verses, Paul's talking about the kind of the godlessness of the last days. 
And then comes to Paul and says, but you know something different. You know uh, what you need to do. And uh, what's he do? He encourages him, encourages Timothy to look at Paul's own life. Kind of, that seems a bit arrogant, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, in some ways it does. But it's also, it, it fits in with, again, what we've been talking about, mm. drawing on your own stories, your own experiences that people have seen you live through and seen yeah. how you handled it. Yeah. And Paul uh, sp- picks up on specific things that he needs to pick, Timothy needs to pick up from Paul's life. Um, so the first one was uh, his teaching or his doctrine. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting he starts there, that, you know, that's the foundation of it all. He has helped Timothy understand what he believes. And I think that's key, isn't it? Uh, and then he talks about my way of life. How do you understand that? Literally how he's responded to those situations is what, what it makes me think of. So um, we're not just talking about the situations that he's found himself in, but how he's handled himself in those and, mm. and how that models after Jesus. For Timothy to follow. Indeed. And then he picks up on a couple of things. Mean, the thing that I like is the next one, which is uh, my purpose. You know, because uh, sometimes we can go through life without any sense of purpose. Paul had a very clear purpose. He wants to see the, yeah. the gospel <laughs> preached to the ends of the earth. Uh, and he passed that on to Timothy. And Timothy also caught that vision of seeing the gospel proclaimed in every land and every place. Um, any of the others in that uh, little list that stands out for you? Well, just that he names some specific places mm. and incidents that, that for Timothy would have meant something. And if we look back at the book of Acts, we can see some of those things, um, how they played out, what he's referring to, um, and what he's encouraging Timothy to, to kind of take hold of in his own life. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so he names three places, Antioch, Iconium and Lystra. Uh, so at Antioch, that's uh, Acts 13, uh, Paul's kicked out the city for preaching the gospel. At Iconium, uh, Paul was almost executed by stoning, and that's Acts 14. Lystra, um, where Paul was actually stoned, uh, and they left him for dead. And so Paul has this real kind of experience of persecution. Uh, but one of the words that really struck me in them, his list of what Timothy should follow, was his endurance. Mm. You know, he used that word. Uh, and even the word patience could actually be translated endurance. So he's picking up on that. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not kind of just backing out the moment persecution comes. And he's encouraging Timothy to look at his own life and see how he's coped with that. And then to try and put it into practice in his life. Absolutely. So uh, let's pick up on verses 12 and 13. And, um, and these are very clear statements, aren't they? They Go are. Yeah, they, they kind of do what they say on, on the tin. Yeah. It's clear, isn't it? And it's yeah. really challenging, actually, that for Paul, living a godly life is met with persecution. And mm-hmm. we very rarely suffer, any, well, we don't really suffer no. persecution in the church in, in our country. Um, and we, we don't really even suffer for the gospel very often, do we? We don't, you know, we've talked a little bit about stepping out in faith and mm-hmm. telling our story. And we're quite cautious of being even just met with a bit of unwelcome yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah feedback and we we just don't take the kinds of risks that Paul was taking that living with that real sense of purpose 
that whatever it costs, I'm going to I'm going to proclaim the gospel. Mm. It's, it's really quite foreign to us, but it's very clear that for Paul, that is the expectation of living a godly life. Yeah, and as I read that, particularly in the context of the previous two uh, verses, um, I was starting to wonder what what's he actually mean by a godly life, because Paul wasn't persecuted for simply being a good person. He was persecuted for preaching the gospel. And if you want to live a godly life, then you need to share your story and tell people about Jesus. That is what Paul here, I think, is talking about as a godly life. Not just that you are living well, you're treating people nicely, you're loving people, and you're trying to be a good person. That's not godliness. In this context, I think godliness is that you are sharing the good news of Jesus. Um, and verse 13 is interesting, isn't it? Because it talks about uh, evildoers and imposters going from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Anything you want to say on that? So for me, what strikes me is that a lot of the things that um, people believe in our culture about the Bible are a bit of a deception and a bit mm. of a misunderstanding. Um, and so it's so important that as that ramps up, as there's more and more um, misunderstanding and deception and, and deliberate deception about what the Bible says and about what it means, that we're really rooted in the truth of the gospel and that we're able to express it and help people to find the the beauty in it and find the truth mm -hmm. in it rather than um, being unable to to counter those things when we have these conversations yeah and you know when paul says you know that uh, evil doers and possibly go from bad to worse in lots of ways we can kind of see that in culture can't we you know it never feels like uh things get better we get we get better medicine, we get better science, we get better gadgets, uh, but people don't get better. They're, they are still simple human beings, uh, and in lots of ways it's, it feels just as bad as it's ever been, if not worse. Uh, and it's really, I think, um, sometimes we get sucked into that evil people are in control. Uh, but this passage says, but they themselves are also being deceived. They're not in control. They're just being deceived, just like everyone else is. And uh, we need to just bear that in mind when we come across those who are in power, who seem to be evil. Uh, they are just trying to deceive others, but they are themselves being deceived. So let's move on to 14 and 15, which turns back to Timothy. So, so Paul draws out here, you know, from when you were little, you've known the scriptures and um, you've been taught this stuff and trained up. And, and we've been really trying uh, in what we're doing here at Christchurch to, to train up our young yeah. people to really know what they believe. And that's a wonderful foundation to have, isn't it? But it also comes back to what Rob was talking about the other week, this, that that when people make a commitment, they require some training and some teaching and somebody to walk alongside them in mm. the way that we would teach children to start from scratch and yeah. build up to full strength and really understanding. That's right. And it's interesting that, you know, Paul has, has been now, he's just finished talking about the growth of evil and uh, evildoers. And in the midst of this, he says, you must continue in the truth. Continue in what you've been taught, continue what you know and what you've experienced. Uh, and um, the word continue, what you've learned, it actually means to live in it, abide in it. You know, so kind of own it and make it just the complete outworking of your life, not simply just something that you believe. 
yeah, that idea of being really rooted in something so that so that you're strong even when there's challenge to it. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously for them, we, we were talking about real persecution and challenge. Um, I think as well what strikes me here is that, that idea of um, learning that really often for me when I get into conversations particularly um, about scripture. So once I went on this thing and I was challenged to go and talk to somebody okay. about Jesus. And, uh, and I decided to talk to the guy in the Indian restaurant that we went to. Well, he was Muslim and he knew way more about it than I did. Mm. And we had this terrible conversation where I didn't really know what was going on. And I think that's really common for us as Christians that we yeah. um, we can be the least equipped person in the conversation about the Bible, especially if we're talking to mm. atheists or people of other faiths who, who maybe really disagree with us. They'll have read something about it. They'll know what they think. And very often I think we, we're a bit complacent and we yeah. don't necessarily come prepared for the conversation. Yeah, we get um, sucked into our little Christian bubble, don't we? And kind of, where we, everyone knows what we believe, and we don't have to think about it, and we don't have to challenge each other about it. Uh, when you talk to a non-Christian, all of a sudden, you're faced with something, aren't you? And you need to be prepared for that. And so that learning and putting real time and study and effort into knowing what we believe, not necessarily as a really academic exercise, but, but knowing the answers mm. to the kinds of questions people are asking is really yeah. important. That's right. And the, the thing in this, these two verses, well, I like is, as uh, Paul says, you know, you know those from whom you learned it. So there's real relationship here. Uh, and probably he's talking, because he talks about... Um, how Timothy is known as from infancy, which is for a very young child. Probably talking about Timothy's mother and grandmother, who Paul talks about in chapter one, uh, Eunice and Lois. Uh, so they they are they seem to be really godly women and have brought Timothy up to follow Jesus in that same way. Should we move on to the last two verses, uh, sixteen and seventeen? Uh, sixteen, probably one of the most famous verses in Scripture. All scripture is God-breathed and mm. useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. And this is that argument about that scripture is its own evidence. Um, and that, that's an important consideration. But, but we know, don't we, that scripture is really useful, that it has a purpose yeah. in teaching and training us, um, that it is the manual for our lives, that, that that's how we learn how to follow Jesus and how to live godly um, purposeful lives and so we need to take that seriously that that this is the purpose of scripture mm. that it's not just something that we engage with on a on a slapdash level but that it is in fact the foundations for how we live um with jesus right. and i'm just picking up on one of the words as well you know but scripture's um useful for rebuking um and the greek word i mean when you think about the word rebuking it feels like a telling off doesn't it, it does uh and that, that's not what's in the Greek word. The Greek word is, is more about revealing. As you read scripture, it reveals what you need to change in your life and what you need to do in order to grow in faith. Uh, and so there's that sense of it's revealing the things of your heart and your life. Um, and then verse 17, which is a verse, we always should always add verse 17 to 16. We sometimes don't do. We own people quote that verse. They never go into 17. Uh, but for me, that's, that's perhaps the most important bit because Scripture doesn't just inform you and it doesn't just lead you to salvation. It equips you 
for every good work, which is, I think, really important, isn't it? Anything you want to say on that? And, and just that it is particularly relevant to us, you know, so that the servant of God, so that somebody who's reading it on that level as someone who's seeking after God can be equipped. Mm. And, and that's often the difference in how we're reading scripture versus how somebody else who doesn't believe might be yeah. reading scripture. Um, and we need to remember that in our conversations as well, Absolutely. don't we? yeah. That, that whole thing about being equipped for every good work uh, is a phrase that Paul uses elsewhere in Ephesians 4 when he's talking about the fivefold ministry, uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists. Uh, and they are there to equip God's people for every good work. And so the, in this passage, Paul's doing two things. He's saying to Timothy, look to those who you know and follow their example and look at scripture and follow that example. Two things side by side. And just with that phrase, being equipped for every good work, we see in Scripture both those things. Look at the, the fivefold ministry, the leaders of your church, and follow their example. And look at Scripture and follow that example too. The two go hand in hand. If you want to be equipped for every good work, you need people in your life who will inspire you, encourage you, challenge you, and you need to be engaged in Scripture. You need both in order to be equipped for every good work. Absolutely. So should we go a little bit wider and think about some of the uh, application of all this? So let's think about what all this means for us today. So tell you what, Beck, why don't you take the lead on this? Where do you want to start? So um, if scripture is for training, teaching, correcting, redirecting, then um, we need to take seriously studying it and applying it and um, it, it strikes me that we need to really make that a pattern in mm -hmm. our own lives, which we know, um, but it's a real challenge to us to keep that going and keep it up and combine it, as you said, with, with having people in our lives who reveal stuff to yeah. us as well and help us to understand and grow. That's right. And so we, we do need to dig into all of Scripture. And I think Justin brings that out in his sermon that, you know, when uh, Paul's talking about Scripture here, he's talking about old and the emerging new testaments as it was then because um, if we want to serve god well we need to understand scripture and if we want to share our story and engage with people we need to understand scripture um, and so we need to have proper patterns for that don't we we do we need to be able to have a kind of daily reading we need to have times of study uh, we need to read around it you know, we as Beck said before quite often when we engage with people in conversations they are often more well informed than we are and that is simply because well, we've just got lazy and we need to be challenged to do it a little bit more. Um, what's next? So um, I loved this idea that the more militant people are against the truth, the more important it is that we're firmly grounded in it, which goes mm. back again to that idea of we need to be studying scripture, we need to be immersed in community and relationships that... Um, that help us to grow, that make us strong and rooted, um, because there is lots of challenge to our faith, and it is easy to um, to lose sight mm -hmm. of it or to be sort of knocked off course by things that we don't understand if we don't um, study and and live in that relationship where we can explore that further. That's right, and you know it's quite clear in this passage that our ability to remain in the faith in the midst of uh, growing persecution uh, depends on how we understand scripture and our grasp of it so uh, we need to really get to grips with it 
Anything else you want to bring up? And then we've got this idea of that um, living a godly life will involve some challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really makes me think, how often do I feel challenged by, by things? How often is there a challenge to me living yeah. in a godly way? Um, and if there isn't an occasion I can think of, then am I really living out fully what God's calling me to? Absolutely. And then a final thing would be, you know, just picking up on what Paul says, you know, to Timothy, follow my example. Um, who's following your example? And whose example are you following? And, you know, just think that through a bit because we need to be, first of all, looking to others who are role models for us. And that doesn't matter how old you are or what stage of your journey with Christ you are at. We need to have people in our lives who we can look to and say, yeah, they inspire me. Uh, But then we also need to look the other way and think, okay, who is going to be inspired by my example? And think that through a little bit. And maybe draw people under our wing a little bit and encourage them. Um, Everyone needs encouragement. And so you'll always find someone. And actually, we all learn best by teaching. And so Mm. whenever you're in that role of teaching somebody else or, or being aware that somebody else is looking at your example, that always helps you. To, to be a bit better and to push a bit further, doesn't it? It so does, absolutely. Great to have yeah. both of those relationships yeah. in place. Yeah, we often, I mean, Christians get caught up in <clears throat> wanting to be fed. Uh, it's a phrase I actually hate, okay? Uh, because you shouldn't want to be fed. You're not a baby. You should be feeding yourself. Uh, and that's all about sitting there listening to someone tell you something. But actually the best way to learn is to teach someone something. So, you know, for Beck and I, who are uh, teachers in the church, uh, we have very few people who are feeding into our lives. It's just that we need to understand scriptures in order to teach. So we grasp it, grapple with it and make sure that we understand it in order to be able to teach it. If you want to learn, then teach someone. That is the best way. So uh, let's think of some. Sorry, I'm on a couple of rants here today. Uh, let's um, let's think of some questions for you to consider in your missional communities and uh, or on your own. So uh, we've got four questions for you uh, to consider in your missional communities. I've got the first two. Best got the second two. Uh, first one is this: What was the first scripture that you can remember really speaking to you? Uh, for me, I know what it was. I've been a Christian for, I don't know, just a couple of months. Uh, and it's John 10, 10, Jesus saying, I've come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. So what's the one that you can remember? Uh, second question is picking up on that whole idea of relationships and following one another. So just share, who is it you are following? Who's your example? Uh, and who is following you? And have a little discussion about that and think, well, maybe you can challenge each other to, to look for people to follow or look for people to draw under your wing a little bit. Okay, and then um, going a little bit into the passage, do you struggle with the idea that all scripture is God-breathed? Um, what does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? Are there things that challenge you in, in scripture that, that make that a difficult idea mm. for you? Um, and then looking back at the five things that Justin started with, and we'll put them up on the screen, um, how would you respond to each of those objections? Are there things that you've learned along the way that would help you yeah. answer those questions? 
Great. So thank you for being with us today. Uh, do please join us on Sunday uh, as we continue this uh, little look at stumbling blocks and we're thinking about what happens when people talk to you about, well, why is there so much suffering in the world if there is a loving God? So uh, that's for this Sunday and we'll talk a little bit about the passage in deeper next week. So join us then. So until then, take care, stay safe and we'll see you next week.